The wait is over. The Village of Greenhaven print-on-demand is here. Go to DriveThruRPG right now. Search for Greenhaven and get the physical book in your hot little hands. This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by the Gatekeeping is Good t-shirt and sweatshirt and other sort of clothing apparel things available exclusively on Amazon.com. But, oh yes, and this is a big but and not the kind that Sir Mix-a-Lot appreciates. The Gatekeeping is Good design is going away at the next drop of Nerd Cognito. We said it would stay through February. This is effectively the last week that you can pick up the limited edition Gatekeeping is Good shirt at all. Go to Amazon.com, search for Gatekeeping is Good, or search for Nerd Cognito if you want to see all of the cool swag that we have, and you can pick it up. It's just $20 for the t-shirt because we are privileged enough to have Amazon as the manufacturing partner. So go to Amazon.com, buy yourself this shirt before you can't buy it ever again. It's a really cool shirt. It'll irritate some of the skittle hairs at your FLGS. And uh, hey, it helps the show chug along. So go get it. 20 bucks. Gatekeeping is good. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody, welcome, welcome. It is I, Ryan David, and you are listening to Nerd Cognito. Ah, this is a fine week. We've got to see everybody bury Gygax and Arneson. <laughs> and uh, the gaming world still continued because no one was surprised. Uh, ironically, we're not going to talk about it because uh, there's not much more to say. Who's we? Well, we is me and my co-host, starting with crawling out of the cryptid cave. There's Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Oh, not bad. I, I'm having a pretty good weekend. It's amazing what some strange can do for a man. Uh, no, I can't say that. I can't say that. No, I'm having a great weekend. We got some gaming done Friday. Uh, got a, another board game off of the shelf of shame. It was there for about four years. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, yeah. I've had that one sitting there for a long time. But I, I, I thought it was really solid. I'm sure we'll talk about it. But let's not do it without... My better half. You know, you put a wig on him and I've got a date for the prom. Hey, Kyle. You're not putting a wig on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're not. You're uh, just not. Merkin? No. <laughs> no. All right. Might wear the dress if the money's right. Uh, I, I went to the Oddities Expo this weekend in town. And yeah. um, you would not have been out of place if you were a man wearing a dress there. Let me just tell you, <laughs> there were quite a few fucking ugly men wearing dress. Yeah. You know, I, I don't mind so much if if I look and I'm like, hmm, oh, wait a minute. Is that a dude? Because at least then they tried, right? These guys aren't trying. They're not, yeah. they're, they're not even trying. It's like bald, yeah. beer belly. Oh, but I'm putting on a dress. I'm a lady. <laughs> One of my favorite Ryan, skits Ryan, from Little Britain. Ryan. Oh, come on, Bert. We're, I, we're yeah. 30 seconds in, and you're already... I don't care where they get their rocks off, but put some effort into it. That's all I'm saying. Get your nails done. Lose the beer <laughs> belly. <laughs> Try harder. Anyway. Yeah. Spa, spa day, spa day. Oh, and, whew. You know, we talk about gaming conventions, okay? <laughs> Yeah, the clientele at this exposition, <laughs> yeah, would rival the stench of an early two thousands anime convention. <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was something else. But but there were some sexy ass goth girls walking around, and okay, I, I was there with a friend of mine. Um, yeah, and and she caught me looking more than once. <laughs> Fortunately, she's the kind of friend that said, "Man, she's hot." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, she was." <laughs> so, um, 
no, I had a good, I had a good time. We we did get some gaming in, Kyle. No trog hole. Yeah. No trog hole. We, we no trog hole. We opted for a board game. We were two men down on on Friday nights, and I said, you know, I'm just gonna punt this one because we're at a point where, from a game momentum perspective. I didn't want yeah. to move forward two men down. Uh, that, sure. That's yeah. all that's always a weird spot, right? And I think that the way you have it set up, it's hard to move forward from where we are without bringing in that cursed player at least to like <laughs> the one that you cursed. So actually, he would have been the easier one to deal with, Kyle, because he's catatonic right now. He he mentally could not handle the curse. So he's just a quivering pile of goo. So I was actually going to run if he was missing because I knew he was missing. But one of our other friends said, I'm a little under the weather. I know you just had your infusion. I, I don't want to get you sick. And I said, I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It, it, it's well, okay. What did I turn around and do the next day? Went to a freaking expo downtown with a bunch of <laughs> dirty-ass freaks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of the expo. I was absent this week from the speakeasy, Kyle. You 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 you, you steered the boat for you me. Were. Yeah, you were. Didn't even, didn't even notice oh, you were gone. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I showed up. Where that were you? Bert <laughs> was there. I, 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 Bert, I no, I, I no. You were you were you were sorely missed. Believe me, sorely missed. My anxiety level was through the roof. Oh, you, I'm sure, did ex an excellent job. I have not yet listened to the full playback. I listened to a bit of it and. Uh, it's fine. Our friend Dungeon Delver also chipped in. So my great thanks to all of you for letting me get knee deep in pussy. Anyway. No. <laughs> you got to edit that out. No, I Go don't. Can't say that. I'm not editing that out. Um. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, just don't make a habit of it. What? <laughs> Did you? Dude, we got to get you. A golden gilded membership because the writing on the wall says that I'm going to be a free soul soon. I can make a habit of it. <laughs> you, you can. You just can't do it on Saturdays at that time. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, it's, <laughs> the tickets were purchased without checking the time. Just a, hey, do you want to do something Saturday? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Goth girls? Titties? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I didn't even put two and two together until last week's speakeasy, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. We had a good time. Uh, you you were sorely missed, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, but Bert was there. He helped me out. had had my uh, had my big moral support guy there. Delver was there. Delver's good. always good to, to help carry conversations and everything. And I think it went, I think it went pretty I'm well. I'm just I a moron. We didn't, I'm a ringleader. I, I'm, the, I'm the talking head at the circus. I know I the quality to, of drinks went way up on the speakeasy without Ryan. Uh, there. That's true. There uh, was no hoop tea. <laughs> I, I do still have some hoop tea and, yeah, and I, uh, I have some, I don't, it's like a hybrid. It's like a double strength white claw. I forget what they're called. I was gonna. I was gonna bring well, them out. I know. Right? Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about that on a speakeasy. That's a, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, the gimmick yeah. there. This week yeah. we are going to tackle two topics, both related to tabletop gaming. The first, I think, often gets. I don't want to say ignored because it's it's right up in your face, but the origins and importance of those origins often get overlooked and that's the incorporation of mythology and folklore and real world history in the game. Uh, sometimes that falls to the wayside and we're going to talk uh -huh. about how it presents in the game and talk about, you know, things that we can do to acknowledge the importance of those things and the preservation of those things, especially in today's world where everything seems to be getting erased. Look at Gygax and Arneson, right? Um, yeah. I've got some news. And then on the flip side of the news, we're going to talk about how, regardless of your play style, you know, guys, oh, I, I don't do funny voices. I don't, what do you mean you do funny? I, I don't do funny voices. I just sit there. 
yes, I swing my sword and I rolled my D20. And, and there's nothing wrong with that play style, right? I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. There are some great friends and players that that's their play style. But it doesn't preclude creativity and improvisation at the table. And we're going to talk about how it is important, especially for new players to the OSR, to recognize the value of those skills, but not think that they have to be a critical role cast member, right? You can uh-huh. be creative. You can improvise and never have to do a funny voice, never have to make a face, never, you know, that, that sort of thing. So we'll talk about that on the flip side of the news. How's that for a last minute decision? <laughs> it really was. Sounds right? good to me. We didn't know what we were going to talk about. We were like, should we do the Gygax and Arneson? And now everybody's done the Gygax and Arneson thing. And we drop on Tuesdays. So it's already been a full week. What are we going to do? Improv and creativity. Uh, I know nothing about either of those things. But let's dig in to the first topic. Mythology. Hey, Bert. Yeah. What was the most challenging monster you had the last time we were playing Troghole? Uh, undead Minotaurs. Undead Minotaurs. Minotaurs? Kyle? Yeah. Body of a man, head of a bull? Strength right. of the gods? Yeah. Where would that Reside come from? Lab- Labyrinths. They Greek myth labyrinths. Greek mythology. Hey, that, yeah, those Greek are mythology. Some- those are some old white dudes that need to get the fuck out of this creative space. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, mythology is huge. And, if, in fact, if you flip through, I almost I almost turned around and grabbed, you know, the Monster Manual. The old school granddaddy Monster Manual. Right. Because I will bet that if I turn to 10 random pages six of them will have roots in mythology then the rest will be historical or maybe made up how do you feel about those numbers uh yeah maybe i mean uh you want me to there was there was definitely a lot of mythology and folklore uh type creatures uh for certain that i mean it's just a guess i haven't done it but i got my monster manual right here oh look at that yeah i just Randomly hit the scroll bar, page 37. What do we got? The Efreeti. The Efreeti. Yeah. So folklore, mythology right. from the Middle East. Yeah, they're a type yeah. of genie. Right. Yeah. Right. They're a fire genie, essentially. You know why they're so prevalent? Because they're good stories, they're good ideas. They resonate with people. That's why they're folklore. So, of course, it's going to resonate in the game. Here's another random page. Another random page. 42. Gargoyle is on there. Gargoyles. Yeah. I mean, there's there's other things, too, on that page. But Gargoyle, That's that ties in. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, you're looking at the original Monster Manual, right, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of the page range there. Go to page 74. I'm just picking a number out of my a-hole here. 74. Ryan picks a page in. Hang on, sorry. Nightmare, Nixie, and Nymph. <laughs> There's three. Yeah. Oh, There's okay. a trifecta on one page. Bert, pick a page. Um, 42. 42. I just did 42, Bert. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, 39. Yeah, 39. Elf, the entire page, the entire, right. the entire page. So, so there elf. you go. We picked five pages. One of them, one of them, and, and Elf could possibly qualify as folklore or mythology. But I'm, 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 I'm going to give it the pass. One out of five. So we're bet we're you know eighty percent, eighty percent. Now that was just from our incredibly unscientific random sample, right? Right. Yeah. But these and things you could are, make the argument for the elf because of the fae folk, right? But, yes, right. Yeah, it it's good stuff. 
If it yeah. ain't broke, don't fix it. We always talk about, hey, we need to borrow stuff that works and put them into our games. Why? To take the bricks out of the briefcase. Why not borrow from folklore and mythology and history too? They work. And it doesn't it doesn't just have to be with monsters. You can take historical elements. Uh, look at some of the great conflicts over history. Anyway, why are you talking about conflict? Ryan. <laughs> Go to my safe space. Ryan. What? I met, back on point. I met him on Friday. He had a fabulous little corset on. Anyway. Um, uh, what, was, what the fuck was I talking about? Conflict. Uh, I told you to get back on top. Right, yeah. <laughs> but now, look at some historical things. The Ascension of Charlemagne. The War of the Roses. Yeah. Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Tell me that the three examples that I just randomly spattered all over the wall wouldn't be able to be reskinned in wherever you are the realms right. greyhawk fuck ravenloft and i think it goes deeper than those big events too i mean if you look at even something like basic adventurers equipment the weapons the armor styles like everything ha from the the a fantasy game like that has an element in history. Right, right. Again, because it's important that we recognize those things. And the reason that they are history is not white dudes writing down stuff in books. It's because they were events that were meaningful for humans. So why would they not be meaningful for the humans playing at your table? Kyle, where are you at here? Well, I mean, it's it's no secret that uh, Martin, when he wrote Game of Thrones, that's almost a direct ripoff of uh, War, War of the Roses, Roses right, there. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I love the idea of using history as inspiration, reskinning events, or possibly you know taking the basic core of historical events and then maybe use, you know, altering it in small ways and, and using that. When, when we went to Ireland, I learned a lot of history and there's some very interesting stuff over there. I talked about it before on the show. No, you did. And in, you were very high on, of course you just got back high on it. Yeah. When you came back, you're like, this is great. I can incorporate X, Y, and Z into my world building and I can use this in, as elements into my adventures. And, and, uh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. You can blur the lines. I, I say there, there are two pop culture elements that allow you to blur the lines between reality and fantasy. Yeah. One is our beloved hobby, and the other is professional wrestling. <laughs> there are no other candidates where you can muddy the waters between what is what was and what is believed to be than those uh -huh. two things um now wrestling i mean come on <laughs> we're not going to talk about wrestling but if you think about it it's true the most memorable things come from where you can have an emotional attachment. And you have that through legitimate attachment. Not to mention, you know, specifically with monsters. Come on, fucking Wendingo? That's awesome. <laughs> Wendingo. Wendingo. Doppelgangers. Doppelgangers, Ryan. Doppelgangers. There you go. Hello, German Folklore 101. Yeah. How about we, we, instead of doing final thoughts, we talk about where you do need to be cautious with these things and how they could potentially negatively impact your game. I'll start. Uh, you have to watch out that you don't get into the realm of predictable, right? Because, all right, use my one of my favorite monsters, the Grell, right? You throw a Grell, it's reasonably obscure by today's gaming standards unfortunately and it has no mythologic background the growl was a failed experiment of the mind flayer 
right? Right. That's their origin story. So there is no tie to it. The players don't have a basis for judgment other than there's this thing with tentacles and a beak coming out of a brain coming at me. If we flip this and say a succubus, we do have preconceived notions. A minotaur, we do have preconceived notions. Happened in the Troghole. Minotaur was a non-combat encounter. But you get a minotaur, bloody, looking angry, coming at you. What are you going to do? Right? They're what are you going to do, Bert? Fight him? <laughs> I'm going to stand in the doorway and wrestle him to a standstill <laughs> until I almost okay. die. Okay. Uh, but no, you have to watch. If you are paralleling War of the Roses and you have some historical-minded folks in your group, that they don't even unintentionally metagame based on what they know because it is something from our world coming into our table. So that that's my caveat, right? You have to make it just unique or different enough that you're always keeping them guessing, man. Okay. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I that seems that. that seems like a reasonable assessment. I think I maybe mean, some of the other dangers involved would be overuse. Do you think that that's possible? I think overuse you is know? possible with anything. You know, yeah. DMs, think about it. Think about all the DMs that you know. DMs have a rep for, oh, this DM likes this monster. This DM likes this 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 play style this dm uh is notorious for you know dropping a 60 foot hole with a gelatinous cube at the bottom <laughs> right yeah you know, people people have patterns people are people are people even me when i try not to be a person <laughs> bert any last things that you should be on alert for if you are going to really lean into the mythology or the folklore or real world history I think you have to be able to put a twist on things. Um, you know, you talked about predictability, you talked about overuse, like those are, and that's all kind of part of the same thing. These stories are memorable and have been remembered for hundreds and thousands of years for a reason. So, you know, if you're going to rely on a story, you know, that's that old, then you have to be able to sort of take it in a way that your players don't realize it. So, Surprise folklore is sometimes better than tried and true right. folklore. No, I, I think that that is a very valid point. You know, you don't want to telegraph it, right? Mm -hmm. Good, good choices. Okay. And in full disclosure, this segment wasn't as light and airy as it was. There has been some chatter in the Sparkle Troll universe about how dangerous it is to use these things and how we should be ashamed of the fact that our game has such deep roots connected with this. I don't say be ashamed. Be proud. Lean into it. Use it for what it is. And if you have an issue with the history of the world, then perhaps some introspection is necessary instead of getting on the evening news and bitching, moaning, complaining, and trying to erase our beloved lore. I, I, I like mythology. I always did. I was a big fan of mythology. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Me too. And then, you know, folklore, that goes into cryptids, that goes into... European folklore and magic and there's just so many connections that you, you can't ignore it. You cannot ignore it. And now they I worry if this gets traction that they're going to start to go after that stuff. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some news for us this week, gentlemen. Um, what's in the news, what's in Ryan? Ryan? Beat me to it, Cal. Stereo. Uh, I am going to play you guys a quick video of uh -oh. a launch trailer for a board game. Look at that beauteous sight. I am ordering this game, which ironically 
goes on Kickstarter today. The game is the Dying Light board game, as in Dying Light from the video game franchise. But holy shit, did you see that trailer? (laughs) They made it look good. They definitely made it look good. They definitely Um, did. High production quality. Very high production quality on the video. Now, I get it's animated, but a couple of things that stood out to me. The size of the game is massive. Yeah. Right? It's got full buildings, miniatures. Going to need a big table. Going to need a big table. Oh, yeah. It will probably just fit on my large gaming table. Barely. Barely. Um, I'm going to get some uh, information about this beautiful thing that is um, so that I can tell you that I am probably going to break my Kickstarter ban streak with this one. Um, mm, so sad. I typed in dying breed on Kickstarter. <laughs> Muscle memory, right? Well, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't have a Kickstarter, but that's not bad. Oh, I like that people. Here's here's some ir- irony for you. It's already flagged as a project that they love, and it's already on the front page of Kickstarter, and it has not yet launched. Oh wow! Oh, go okay. figure oh, that. Interesting. Yeah. Now, um, considering it's a it's a video game adaptation, those have always been kind of hit or miss. Are you concerned about that at all? I am very much because it's probably going to be five hundred dollars for what I saw. <laughs> yeah. Because we we played other games that were um, uh, video game adaptations, like the Fallout board game comes to mind, things like that. But you know, so and they've always been kind of hit or miss. They're either really good or really bad. Right. Uh, Techland and Glass Cannon, Polish game designers, are are putting this out. So it's not going to be a Zombicide clone, right? We saw the different dice mechanics, uh, at least a little bit of it. There's no pricing yet available. They have it absolutely locked down. Uh, By the time this launches, folks can go to Kickstarter and type in Dying Light and see what it is. But I would assume that the all-in pledge is going to be between three and five hundred dollars, and I might do it. This 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 looks good. This looks really really good. Um, Kyle. Wish yeah. you could come and play this bad boy when it gets here, and you know. <laughs> yeah, to, I would love. I would love for you to spend five hundred dollars, and I would come play your game. Thirty-five months from now, <laughs> that's the way I feel about knowing Ryan. Kyle, go to Ryan's yeah. house, play a board game that he paid hundreds of dollars for, and then I don't have to buy a copy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But does it looks really good? It does look really good. I'm not arguing that, man. It does. It. I mean, and I'm not usually a big fan of of the video game to board game inter uh, you know adaptations i'm right i'm just i mean i haven't i don't have a lot of experience with them but it just seems to me it, it's one you know, it's like when they try to make movies based on a video game very very few of them turn out well true true because it's completely different mediums you're taking you're taking one medium and you're trying to transition it into another now i'm not saying it's going to suck um but i'm always I guess the last several years have made me very conscious about hype versus reality, particularly when people release like video trailers for things or trailers for anything. This includes movies, right? You know? oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, anything. It okay. It looks awesome. Is it really going to be awesome? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're but claiming. That I they agree have... with you. It's three hundred dollars would be cheap. Oh yeah, for the size the that it is. Yeah. From the looks of it, from the looks of it, yes. They're claiming that they have new mechanics that incorporate the parkour elements of Dying Light into the game. Uh, obviously, okay. there's the infected slash zombies slash whatever you want to call them. Uh, right. it, it uses the parkour and combat system and the map as well as if either of you played the game. I did. I really enjoyed Dying Light. Um, I, I didn't get all the way through the game. I have played the game, though. I, yeah, I have, and I, I own it. Yeah. They're saying that the board game is acknowledging and incorporating the day-night cycle from that game, too. Which, if you remember, which, 
Nighttime sucked <laughs> in dying yeah. light. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, it's an important factor in the in the in the game. They they would have to include that, in my opinion, in order to have any chance of making it work. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens uh, if the price is right. There's still the chance that this is going to be towards that 500 mark. If 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 my I think there's a really right. good chance on the all in. Yeah, on and, the all and in, you know I that's where I would really go is is the all in. Um, if if it if it crosses the five hundred dollar mark, I'm out. I'm out because yeah. Then we're talking, you know, a car or a really high priced hooker. <laughs> uh, Brian, why don't you just get the vendor pack and then you can send me and Kyle a copy of the game? I don't think that there would be at the price point that it would be if if there's a vendor pack. I don't think that there's going to be a, enough. Uh, opportunity to turn it over you know so um now i will be doing if i do one at all i will be doing a single pledge so uh we'll see what happens nice i'm so excited uh it's just urban exploration zombies it was a really good video game I did not play the second one because of mixed reviews but i really enjoyed the first one so we'll we'll see i don't i don't own the second one i'm not familiar with it um Next up is a new kind of indie RPG. Um, hmm, okay. These could be good, or it could be another horse girl. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> it is uh, called City of Mist, and it is an urban fantasy. Um, hmm. It was originally published in 2017, so if it sounds familiar, you're not mistaken, but it was really hard to get because it was an indie game that was published and sort of fell through the cracks. And it was right before the big boom where all the fuckwads came in because they saw a critical role when they were at home on COVID. Um, but it's getting another look thanks to our friends at Modifius. And I say friends lightly. We're going to see what happens. Uh, it, it, you know, they're going to take the original Kickstarter version. They're going to jazz it up a little bit, and they are going to bring back City of Mist. City of Mist does one thing really well, and that is superheroes. And it was not large enough to get the traction that it deserved. But without going back to the classics, and I know that there are friends and fans that love the classics. I love Phase Rip, right? There are people that love Champions. Without going into that, or to get something that is an injection of new ideas, you gotta go to this. Now, here's 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 the thing. It is PBTA, right. which I, I, I take shit for it because I don't like it. I know a lot of people do. But... I'm going to give it Not a look because, thing. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Did you ever play anything that was PBTA, Bert? Oh, yeah, I've done I've done a couple of things that were powered by the apocalypse, yeah. I mean, the concept, I think, is interesting because most gaming systems are either set in, like, either a, fic- a fantasy setting or a futuristic setting. There are very few that are set in modern settings that aren't like retro games, like kids on bikes, which is supposed to be like during the eighties or things like that. So I think the idea of making use of that, you know, sort of current modern day is uh, is an interesting concept for a role-playing game. I've been played in too many that do that. And modern stuff, truth be told has a limited pool, right? Most of the stuff that's cranked out for modern is either really poor and going just on the author's name credit or it's running under fifth edition. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, we'll see what city of mist looks like if Modifius changes much, uh, when it comes out. So I am interested to see this, this printing cautious, but optimistic. Yes. Yes. Now I, have to eat a little poo-poo sandwich, Kyle. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, you might remember a couple weeks ago on the Speakeasy, I posted a picture from a teaser announcement of a anthropomorphic duck with a laser gun, and I gave it a lot yeah. of shit. Yeah? I gave it a lot of shit. 
Sounds well, like Duck Dodgers. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, it uh, pretty much was, right? We're now past the point where the details have come out, and I followed it, and I almost want to play this game. So I... What? I am going to eat my shit sandwich here because I don't always get them right. The teaser, which at the time was an unnamed property, has turned out to be a game called Blister Critters, which is, oh, I don't know how to describe it based on reading the preview materials, Ren and Stimpy smashed up with Gamma World. Wow, there's a weird combo. All right, you have fun with that. After he, no, hear me out. After humanity has been eradicated, and okay, and, and the ozone layer is cooked, cooked the planet in radiation. Okay, yeah. anyway, uh, we'll be dead and gone. But mutated fauna who represent the core of the blister critters system will be all too happy to fill that power vacuum, and it's designed to be tongue-in-cheek cartoon mayhem and a hard pg violence system so it's like playing hole or tune uh grittier than tune yeah. okay yeah, i was gonna say it's like a more serious version of tune uh skill for mm. uh <laughs> interesting you're not sold yet are you kyle no no i'm not players c- control critters fighting for survival in the ruins of humanity's sin Scrounging for stuff that could be used as weapons or armor. And uh, there's a unique system designed for deconstructing scrap, for crafting. And the core rulebook is looking to come out sometime in January 2025. The Kickstarter is currently active. Like I said, what we were making fun of before was a teaser but it's not setting the world on fire. Of a five thousand dollar goal, they've met their goal, but they're at sixteen k. And hmm. you know, people pledged more for a reskin of Mastica, which is sad because this is at least an original idea. It is an original idea. I'll give you that. I'd be interested to try it out just for that alone. Well, the I'm PDF all about new ideas has a pledge level of fifteen bucks, and again, they're taking. Almost the Greenhaven approach. The book is twenty bucks. Uh, physical physical copy of the Blaster Critters book. If you want to go all in, it's only fifty bucks, right? And that gives you a poster and uh, you know the book and a page of stickers. But really, all you need, unless you are a fan of the artwork, is the book for twenty bucks. So. I'm, I'm interested. I'm in for 20 bucks, Kyle. I'm interested. I'll support a creator that hasn't gone fully off the rails. I mean, of course, there's eco bent in this. Yeah. But there's going to be some sort of bias implicit in everything. All right. Well, so, you tell me if I can play a chicken that has used a KFC bucket to make full plate armor. i'm looking through the preview materials now to see if there's something and when ryan finds it kyle you have to play it (laughs) oh no 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 i just want to know if you can do that (laughs) come on the battlecock jokes write themselves kyle the character creation method is first you decide what kind of critter you are chicken well fried chicken it's Here's the here's the neat thing. It runs like a skill tree. Are you fuzzy, feathery, warted, scaly, shelly, or crawly? So you would be feathery. And then you would go to the next level and pick chicken. So, so far, so good. Okay. Grab Look some stuff and show the world you mean business. So, yes, you can grab the KFC <laughs> bucket. Now that you've done searching... You're going to put, go, go through this, this skill definition. You are a brawler. You are a dasher. You are a chatter. You are a thinker. And then you need to finalize your role on the team. Are you the boss? Are you the clown? Are you uh, the fashionista? Are you the hugger? Are you the rage guy? Well, let's see. 
clown probably works. Thinker's probably out. Um. <laughs> I mean, you could be the rage guy. Angry roosters are pretty yeah, pretty terrifying. I, 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 Ryan, Ryan's the rage guy. I'm more oh. So it's got base skills of scrap, scurry, noggin, instinct, and will, which roughly translate to combat, movement, reason, will, and charm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just, not, I'm okay. I am not, I, I am not a fan of the anthropomorphic animal thing in general. Now you throw it into like a gamma world, you know, where you've got a giant mutated intelligent rabbit with, you know, with a pulse rifle or something that that's a little different to me, but just to start off with this idea that you, there's no humans whatsoever. We're all, you know, animals because of humanity's sins and all that kind of thing. And just, like I said, you know, that, that part I have to look past. Yeah. It is an original idea. I will give you that. And you know, 20 bucks isn't bad. 20 bucks is not bad for the core book. So probably tack on shipping. It'll be about 30 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to pledge it. I'm going to pledge it right now. So, look. Okay. I, that's what broke your. Uh, that's what broke your uh, anti-pledge on Kickstarter. That's right? what yeah. broke my anti-pledge on Kickstarter. Yeah. I, it wasn't dying light. It wasn't. Wasn't dying, dying light. light. It was. You it know, was duck with a laser gun. Because right. that. Well, I. I think. And, and I don't know that guilt is the right word. It's not guilt. But I think I was irrationally knee-jerk when I first saw it, not looking at all of the materials. And I looked at the materials and realized I was wrong. Man, how, how much better would the world be if more people could say that? I, I just want to say that. You know, I was wrong. I own it. You be wrong, too, and you... <laughs> <laughs> of course, I could get this, and it could be a steaming pile of dog shit too. So, yeah. uh, well, I'm gonna let you buy it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, add the payment method. Ooh, I should do it. I'll add the pay. I'll, I will pledge it later, but I'm gonna pledge it with the uh, Nerd Cognito credit card because i'm considering it a business expense anyway <laughs> of course um, then you have to review it right? well i don't have that one and i will and i've already talked about it and promoted the kickstarter on the show so get fucked um what's next in the news right last in the news we we had a funeral for a delicious frozen delight about a year ago the Choco Taco. The Choco Taco. And I saw this headline, which made me get excited and say, hey, they totally lied. The Choco Taco is making its comeback this summer. Summer 2024. Can't come soon enough. And I got very excited because we were all yeah. fans of the Choco Taco. Um, our friends, after the Choco Taco episode, our friends from across the pond uh, that live in you know England and Scotland or uh, on the continent, uh, they're like, man, we like the show, but when you talk about the foods, we, we don't have them. We don't know what they are. I had to Google what a Choco Taco was. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. Everyone should have a Choco Taco. Everybody should have a Choco Taco. And, and Bert, it's, it's farther than we thought it wasn't a year ago it was the summer of 2022 that they killed the choco taco Mm -hmm. Uh, so we've been talking about bullshit for a long time here at nerd we have um well this was one of those i hate you for making me click on this story because the choco taco is not coming back klondike is not reproducing the choco taco there is a local boutique ice cream place that reached out to Klondike and Taco Bell to produce a boutique version of the Choco Taco that none of us will ever be able to get. And I hate clickbait. <laughs> Where is it? Uh, I want to th- say it was Portland. 
Uh, that's course. a long road trip for um, Choco Tacos. The boutique ice cream place is in Oregon, which means I have zero desire to go there because those people are all fucking crazy. Uh, if you're in Oregon and you're one of the sane ones, get out. <laughs> uh, although, th- 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 no, I'm, I'm not shitting you, Bert. There's an actual movement to split that state into two. Yeah. Like a legitimate on paper movement because there is such a dichotomy between the mental illness that is Portland and surrounding and the rest of the state. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near it. And I hope that this independent ice cream company burns in hell <laughs> because they got my hopes up for a Choco Taco. And all it is is a glorified ad in a food magazine. Oh, Brian. And that, that is the sad, sad, bitter, <laughs> non-Choco Taco news. <sighs> so many good ice cream treats gone to the wayside. Disappointed. I'm I'm legitimately disheartened right now. <laughs> the fat man in me is weeping for the Choco Taco. That's like when I think about my favorite Dorito flavors that have been discontinued over the years. You just get sad. Yeah. I, I, I miss the packaging more than the flavors. I was I've never been a big Dorito fan. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> there were certain ones that I loved, like remember Salsa Rio Doritos? Nope. I would eat I those all yeah. day long, and then they were gone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, you were the one guy that ate them all day long. That's why they're gone now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, no. I mean, with this, they did not sell well. There weren't a whole lot of people that bought them. Well, there you go. You, you. They were a good item, and I mean, you know, all the Doritos are good, right? There's never been a bad one. Some are better than others. Yeah. I but mean, there's never been a bad one, but they're not always successful. Yeah. And sometimes really good flavors, for whatever reason, just don't make it. So, Just don't make it. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen that. Although it sounds like this was not a really good flavor. <laughs> I don't know. What was the flavor? What was the flavor profile, Bert? Um, they were kind of, uh, they had this tangy, spicy kind of tomatoey flavor. And it was like pre like the flaming hot, like huge. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't blow your asshole out hot right right right. but it had this great like tangy spicy tomatoey flavor and it was before the whole burning uh, flaming hot rage started so it was kind of like spicier than a normal dorito but wasn't like ridiculous you could eat a whole bag and still be fine yeah well you know red it's a red salsa dorito okay fair enough fair enough salsa dorito spicy but not insane and and i appreciate that spicy but not insane is also the folks that step up and become a and the spiciest of the spicy boys is our friend cinnamander who just re-upped again (laughs) (laughs) thanks Uh, again sin sin you are awesome uh our checkmark heroes go to nerdcognito.com they click on be a checkmark hero at the top of the page and they donate anywhere from two to sixteen dollars what does that do for us well it allows us to maintain the blue checkmark on the x machine formerly known as twitter what does that do for you it means that you contribute directly to getting better exposure for nerd cognito and growing the nerd cognito nation we also give you a shout out on the show so cinnamander we love you and everybody else should too follow him at cinnamander at c-y-n-n-a-m-a-n-d-e-r on twitter also this week stepping up to the plate again is the ultra american ttrpger you can give him a follow at ultra ttrpger on the X machine formerly known as Twitter. Both of them did their part. They're squashing the bugs. And uh, we appreciate that. Again, as little as two bucks gets you a mention. And the, it goes a long, long way. It is the best way that a little bit can contribute to the show. So if you want to become a... Check my hero. 
and get our mentions and our thanks, uh, you know what to do and you know where to go and do it. Last up this week, the importance of players, and I know this sounds ridiculous to us, but I want to put this into perspective too. It's the importance for players to have creativity, to be able to communicate, to be able to talk off the cuff and improv based on what's happening at the table. And it, the crazy part of this is we wouldn't have thought that we needed to have this conversation 15 years ago, 20 right. years ago. But if you look at the garbage, and we make fun of it all the time on said Twitter machine, thank you again our, to our checkmark heroes, we will never run out of content ever on Twitter because the pop gaming media puts out these strategy guide, how-to, bullshit, hold-you-by-the-dick, step-by-step-by-fucking-step instruction articles on stupid shit, which leads me to believe that players no longer have independent thought first, creativity second, and the ability to improv third, which is why... We think it's so important at the table. Now, at the top of the show, I talked about this doesn't mean you have to play a character. I'm the old man. I'm a pretty lady. I'm the old man dressed like a pretty lady. You know. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, little girl. I'm a little girl, too. Um, <laughs> you don't have to do silly voices. You don't have to do accents, right? You don't have to have crazy intonation. You don't have to be a thespian. But you do have to be able to think thespian. on your feet and be... You like that word, huh? Thespian. Yeah. yeah thespian. It's, a, it's a good word. Acting. Yes. Genius. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, a I, cunning linguist and a thespian, but you don't have to be <laughs> either one at D&D. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, I, I have a perfect example of the opposite of this. Do, go, yeah. shoot. I want people I to played, be able to envision this in their brains. Okay, so we sat down with a new guy. We were going to play the game. And, um, like, he did not put any effort into, like, saying what his character was doing or, you know, bringing any, like, drama to the role or even inhabiting the role. His turn looked like this. Initiative, 16. Attack. Hit. 24 damage. End turn. Off the character. And that was, and that was his entire, that was his entire no, turn. No, 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 you don't. Know. No. And, and I was like. I, I do um, know what I would do, though. Whereas I play with another guy and he's like, okay, well, he's like, all right, so this is what's happening. Yes, okay, so I will draw my sword and shield and I will take a defensive stance and swing and swing for the fences. And I'm like, okay, well, at least you gave me something. Right. Like this other guy was initiative, hit, initiative, attack, hit, damage, done. Okay, I'll give a pass on giving the initiative because that's just functionally necessary. <laughs> right. Um, hit, what do you do? That That's my question. You be that guy. What do you do? Hit. <laughs> you're, you're not going to hit unless you tell me what your character does. You have five seconds. I attack. Four. Three. <laughs> two. One. Kyle, what do you do? That, I that, pull my sword and I swing for his neck. Hey, 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 Chester. Did you see what Kyle just did? <laughs> Go ahead and make your roll. Okay, so, so that's my solution to it. And I'm not pulling punches. I'm not being over the top. That would have been my Bert, You know this. That would have been my solution to it. Right. And I, I mean, the, like I said, is that a usual situation that I've run into the table before? No. no. Everybody just kind of looked at the guy. Like, they're like, um, okay, like, uh, what did you attack with? Uh, crossbow. And they're like, okay, all right. Well, at least that gives us something, but. No, like, it, this guy did not want to, like, inhabit the role. It was like he was playing Space Invaders or something. <laughs> Before you came back to the table, uh, we had a little twink that was playing with us 
that would roll a die on his turn, not verbalize what he was doing, realize that he missed, and then put his whole body down at a 90-degree angle and hit his head off of the table and not say a word every single time. And I didn't kick him out because I liked watching him do that. (laughs) Um, He didn't last long. I think he made it six sessions. Uh, and I, I, I don't exaggerate. I think he made it six sessions. This was his, we were playing fourth edition at that time, right? So, oh, well, that'd be enough to make me bang <laughs> my head on the table. <laughs> Kyle, how? Yeah. Uh, I don't need everybody to be a Matt Mercer wannabe. I don't want everybody to be a Matt Mercer right. wannabe. No, yeah, exactly. It's role playing. And if you are going to take it like Bert, go get a single player game and do some masturbation gaming, man. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Bert's example is a bit extreme, and uh, you know, it's and, and this this young person maybe needs a little bit of coaching, but then at the same time, you know, I'm reminded of you know, is the the extremes of players have existed since this game has been around. And you and you've always got the over the top players who, you know, they want to do the funny voices and they want to make the faces and you know they'll they'll show up wearing their wizard hat or you know or whatever, right? Which and that, that's Bill? fine. That can, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I, yeah, that can that can be fun. That can be fun, yes. right? And then you've got the other extreme of the person who just rolls the dice. I attack. I rolled a nineteen. That hits. Okay, my damage is ten, and there, there's there's always and there and then everything in between too, right? I don't know that I necessarily would kick players out for that because to them maybe it, it it's still fun, maybe not for me necessarily as much. I don't know. I don't I don't know that it's a requirement. I um, am going to require you do something more then verbalize your mechanics and, and uh, seeing that's where I'm talking about the coaching. You know, I would yeah. coach him. I actually had this happen once. Um, and it was, it was actually, it was a vampire, the masquerade game. It was the very first game I ever played. And the storyteller of that game, a guy named Colin, uh, don't ever, don't know whatever happened to him, but he was a theater kid. Right. So he was really big into the acting of the role. Right. Even if you weren't going to do the voice and everything, at least, you know, speak from your character's perspective you couldn't say well uh, my character is going to do this he wanted you to say i do this right right and those sorts of things and i didn't have a whole lot of experience with vampire the masquerade and so i was treating it more like dungeons and dragons and it's it's very it's different not, style no, of game. it is right. yeah, it's very different it's a very narrative game and so i kind of had to learn a little bit from him and he was very good at coaching me and it was it was i mean it was a fun time but it's that's that's what I'm saying is, you know, you just, you got to coax it out of him a little bit. You know? Yeah, And even with Bert's dude, if I could get Bert's dude to say, I hack at him with my sword 18. I'm okay with that. Right. That's something, right? Baby yeah, that's steps, something. baby steps. Yeah. But unless you are, you know, re- if you're completely resistant to that, get the fuck out. Get out. And I'm not going to tell you to get out. I'm going to make your life miserable so that you go on your own, so that you don't taint someone else's table. Gatekeeping is good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the guy eventually got it, but it was just a whole new experience for him. He had no role-play game experience, and it was like, okay, uh, you know, he was used to, um, you know, like war games? He was used to minis games. Okay, yeah. He was used to he was used yeah. to fig games where you would just yeah. like. Roll and so dice the interpretation of what was not being verbalized was being done with the miniatures. And and when you said that, I said, "I'll bet you this guy's playing war games." Right. Yeah. Right. He was a, like a Warhammer guy. Yeah. So uh, that we brought into a D and D game, and that's fine because there was growth. But you guys know as well as I do, there are a segment of folks that are not going to change no that's true yeah yeah and and you know you have to acknowledge that people make fun of high gygaxian when they read through the ad and you know, <laughs> phb the first time right gary sometimes went off more so in the dmg all right, right. that was the first book i ever had was the uh 
advanced dungeons and dragons dm's guide but that illustrates the need for the ability to sometimes go off right the designer of the game is doing this to you and you're like i just want the fucking rule gary yeah um and, and i've been there and i will say his name uh, <laughs> gotta have it you don't have to go over the top improv gets to the next level what I mean by improv needing to be a core skill is the ability to play off of not just the dungeon master and the monsters, but the other players too. The other players, yeah. And there are people that won't do that, and that's bad. Yeah. You know, I'm not asking you to come to local theater with me, but if you want to, we, we can go and have a good time now. And if you're a pretty lady, <laughs> hey, I'm available. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that comes to mind is in the trog hole, yes. you know, when, you know, my character is sort of the most laid back fighter in the universe. Very much is so. Basically, is basically what I'm playing. But as soon as our wizard went down, it was get between the monster and the wizard, push it back, take it down if I can. You know, somebody get the wizard out of here. Right. Well, he's not a wizard, but our magic user. Okay. But no, like, you were able to react and read the table. And right. you were able to do it not mechanically, as in, I go and I pick up the wizard and I move him. As you 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 verbalized all that, oh, shit, the wizard went down. I've got to go. Hey, are you okay, buddy? I pick him up, throw him over my shoulder. Or, 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 you know, I stand between him and the evil minotaurs from folklore. And I make sure that he is safe. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's a good thing. So... I'm not asking you. I don't want you to be Mercer unless you're giving me money. Hey, Matt. Um, <clears throat> I want you to be a thoughtful, contributing member that plays the game, does understand the mechanics, and contributes to the tale. That's it. That's all I've got. That's all I want you to do at my table. What I want you to do right now at your computer, on your phone, at your device is go to the podcast provider that you are listening to us on right now and make sure, double check that you're subscribed. Then give us a five-star review. We had a couple of hate reviews come in and I always like to counterbalance them. So please drop us a five-star review on whatever platform you are, Spotify, because you don't vet your fucking reviews. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, once you've done that, Follow us on YouTube at our YouTube channel. That's where you can hear about the speakeasy, which, hey, we had Bert on the speakeasy this week because I couldn't make it. And our good friend, Bill Sylvie, the Dungeon Delver. Shout out to him for helping us out. Bill is also a regular guest co-host on the speakeasy. He just shows up whenever he wants to, and we love that. He actually has an open, free invitation. So you never know when Delver is going to show up, but the speakeasy is fun because no script, no format, no agenda, Imagine the shit that flies out of my mouth there. <laughs> uh, last but not least, I want to personally thank everybody that has been hanging tough waiting for Greenhaven to go print on demand. The hiccup is not me. The hiccup is drive through RPG got swamped last week. I have been in contact with them. It is in the queue, so it's any day now. Follow at NerdCognito on X. Or follow me at I Hate Ryan David, and you will know as soon as that POD comes out. Two ninety nine for the PDF, six ninety nine if you want to hold that book, and it is a beautiful book. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but holy shit, toot toot! The printable version of it looks amazing. Kyle, it looks amazing. I I I, yeah. I, I want you to buy one when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I will buy one. I will buy one when the, when the print on demand is available. Uh, yes, I just checked yesterday and it wasn't. Okay. You will not buy one. You will you will get a link. Uh, so um, I'll buy one anyway. Um, they, they they look great. They look spectacular. It's coming out soon. Speaking of Kyle, also give him a follow on X at Dying Breed TT. He would appreciate that. He's our big X man. He's he's you are you're an axe man. X man, ask, uh, <laughs> never mind. And Bert's, Bert's, uh, we're going to drag him out of the woods again for another speakeasy because uh, the feedback that I've got uh, it was that everybody was really surprised to see Bert there. You know who didn't get to see you, Bert? Who's that? Emmy, our good friend, the Elven Maiden. 
She yeah. did not get to see Brett. Sad. No, she was out. She didn't see Brett. What a yeah. shame. Nah, next time. Next time. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, we are well over our time for t- this week. So I am going to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. As you heard at the top of the show, if you don't have a gatekeeping is good piece of apparel right now, it's your last chance to get them. They are going away. Go to Amazon.com. Search for gatekeeping is good or search for nerd cognito and get your stuff now because it is going away. And you know, when things go away, I don't do that marketing thing where they come back. They really go away. So gatekeeping is good and you should represent that on your shirt. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Kyle this week and by Brett. I mean, Bert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm telling you. Brett needs an X account, Kyle. Brett needs an X account, Kyle. Uh, We'll talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. I got nothing.